Welcome to the Tailblazers podcast. Hi and welcome to a new podcast episode from us in Tailblazers. All right, well, today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about um, a project that Tailblazers has been involved with. Um, this is the Chelston Heritage Trail, um, something that I believe uh, you came to, um, the, we, the, the, we started um, thinking about when you and Victoria were taking walks around Chelston. Can you tell me a little bit about that and uh, how the project came to sort of you know how how we the project came to pass basically yeah so the uh, the idea really started during lockdown when we were restricted to kind of half an hour a day of exercise once a day and uh, both victoria and i were both kind of at different times wandering around chelston and seeing things with fresh eyes i guess um and separately we came across a little triangle of land near the chelston manor pub on just on walnut road this triangle of land and there's a fountain there that's been there since victorian times and it always seems to be blocked off by a parked car and the whole area is in a bit of a state of disrepair. And it was just that kind of place that you look at and you think this should be a bit more like a source of civic pride. You know, maybe people should know a bit more about the local heritage and the history that's around. Um, so we started looking into it a little bit more and trying to find out a bit more about some of the historic places around Chelston. And we realised that there was quite a lot of them. So the idea of the Chelston Heritage Trail was born. Um, the idea really being that we put together this historic trail and people could walk around it, find out a bit more about some of the historic places around Chelston, um, get a little bit of exercise and perhaps, you know, at the end of lockdown, come together and have a bit of a, a communal walk and a chat. Well, I um, I wasn't involved too much with the uh, with the trail, not living in Chelston as I do. I'm on the other side of Torquay. Um, so, so you guys were very much hands-on doing the trail, finding those points of interest. Um, out, of, out of what you found, what, what were your favourites? Um, Victoria, what was your favourite part of of the trail? Um, something that, that really stuck in your memory, something that you were surprised to learn about? I must say that uh, the bit about the Cockington School and the fact, you know, that the Malik's were so pointing to this area, they were so valuable to make sure that uh, this part of the Torquay actually grew. And there was something um, which I have to um, spike my memory here. But it was something about the rent is... What was it about the rent? Oh. It was so little. Yeah, he like charged a, a real kind of peppercorn rent for the first for the first seven years or so. Absolutely. He... A peppercorn rent. I've never heard that expression before. So a peppercorn rent. What was that? What is that all about? Yeah, it, it, the expression just means it's a really kind of tiny amount of money just a, a token amount, just as a kind of a gesture. Um, really, Richard Malik, who was our MP at the time and who, who built a lot of the historic buildings in, in Chelston, or at least, you know, funded them. Um, yeah, he he basically gave the school to the people of Chelston to be to be used by his children. That surprised me a lot, to be honest, that he actually had... He was so valuable for the community, but he was also so generous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a clock tower on Torquay Harbourside, uh, which was erected after he died, um, and it was paid for by subscription. So essentially, it was a whip round of all the locals um, who paid for that tower to be the clock tower to be put up on Torquay Seafront. It's called the Malik Tower. It's hard to imagine these days that you would have a whip round to pay for a memorial for your local MP. It's uh, quite a strange, strange thing. So it must, <laughs> yeah, have been, you might must have been quite a good guy. Gather around the grave and keep shoveling dirt on top of it. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no. Uh, 
these um you know i having not actually done the the trail myself but being there involved with some of the research some of the finding out i was i was shocked to see how much uh, there was some fascinating stuff there the one one of the things um i'm i'm very quickly going to go back to you rich ask you what was your favorite part of the trail before i come and 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 say what mine is but what, what was your fun um well I, I was really interested um by the houses in Rosary Road uh, that really piqued my interest because um, sort of living living in this part of Devon, you don't really feel that the the Second World War was that close. You know, like we weren't blitzed like London was and we weren't kind of levelled like Plymouth was, that kind of thing. So it feels to me quite often like quite a distant and remote thing. Um, but Rosary Road was actually bombed in the Second World War and four of the houses were destroyed. Um, and they've been rebuilt since. And if you go there now and you look, the houses have just been rebuilt in a slightly different style. And it kind of brought home to me that there's people still living in Chelston that probably remember that day. Um, you know, be be a, a fascinating thing to to get their memories of actually, you know, what it was like. It's a very interesting road um, because it's got a wonderful view of the railway track, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, absolutely. And presumably, the railway was the target during the war of the of the German bombers. They're presuming aim, aiming for the railway line and just overshot slightly and, and ploughed into the houses. Mm, well, it's, it's very clear to see where the delineation between those old houses and the, the, the rebuilt houses are. So it is, it's like a, it's a, a point, point in time where something happened, something changed. And, you know, we do have all those wonderful accounts of, of, of what was not a wonderful time. Um, but yes, uh, my favourite thing that I saw on the trail um I think it's the, the, the place where they created the flotation tank. Oh, yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, that blew my mind. I had no idea something like that. Um, just, just because I'm going to... My, my memory's a little bit hazy. If you go through that, is it the hotel? Uh, yeah, what I think you're talking about there, Kev, is the, uh, the Froud Memorial. So um, there's a chap called William Froud who lived there in the, the second half of the 19th century. And he built an experimental tank for testing scale model ships. So um, Charleston Cross was the house that he lived in, which got an incredible floating staircase inside, which um, is always closed off to the public, but I'd love to get in and see sometime. And just opposite there, he had this amazing tank that he used to test out scale model ships. Um, and apparently it drew visitors from all over the world. He had visitors from the from the Russian Empire and, and all, all over the place come to see his, his research and his famous flotation tank. Amazing stuff, and and just right there in in the heart of Torquay, where you, you'd never know it was there. Yeah, so absolutely. once um, once you've done all this research, um, it was time to sort of put this all together. And one of the first thing, and one of the things that I think I remember um, uh, pushing you towards was doing a hand drawn map of the area, because I think I mean we can we can pick up maps from anywhere. You know the ordnance survey where you know Torquay's got its A to Z or whatever. But when you do it by hand and you include all those things, I think it looks fantastic. I think it's something you've got a really great talent for. Um, so tell tell me a bit how, how, how the map making went. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always loved drawing maps. Um, we've spoken before about when we used to play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and those kind of games. But actually, the best bit about them for me was always drawing the maps. I just I just I just always loved maps and drawing them and creating them, whether real world or fantasy, fantasy maps. And um, yeah, I, I did experiment with trying them on a computer, but um, you did persuade me to go for the hand-drawn version. And I, I do quite like that. Um, we kind of decided we wanted the Heritage Trail to be on a map that you could 
not see as a work of art perhaps, but it had that kind of aesthetic quality, that it's something that's nice to look at as well as being functional. Um, and of course, you're not allowed to copy actual maps. You can't just copy the Ordnance Survey. It's actually against the law to, to copy a map. So, you know, coming up with your own version is quite a long and convoluted process, um, but it's really enjoyable to do so. Um, you know, like just have a go, get a pen and a bit of paper and just, just have a go at drawing a map. It's, it's a really interesting and liberating process to do. Well, I think it adds an awful lot to the to the the project as a whole. I think it gives it that um, real sort of grassroots kind of feel to it. I think it looks great. Um, I'd encourage anyone here to check it out when it's released, um, which we'll get to later on. Um, we also also have been working with sound communities um, to put together an audio version of the trail for those who are perhaps maybe visually impaired or want that extra sort of level to the experience. Um, can you tell us a bit about how that came to be? I think, again, that's maybe um, something to do with our friends at Tor Abbey, isn't it? It hey? is, yeah, absolutely. So in that kind of spirit of collaboration, um, Tor Abbey were looking for some audio trails that they could release, and they were looking for one around Chelston. Um, and so we already had the script written. Uh, we had the text for the map already sorted out. Um, so, yeah, Sound Communities turned that script, and they turned it into a really fantastic audio trail. It, it just sounds so professional and really, really good. Um, and I, I think that will be available on our podcast very soon. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to hearing it. I don't think I've heard it yet, but I am looking forward to. Now, of course, none of this, um, none of this gets done without a certain amount of uh, greasing of the wheels. So let's talk a little bit about funding. Victoria, where did we get the funding to do this? Well, we got some part from a local giving a magic little grant. And uh, we got a little bit more from Tour Bay Lottery Small Grants Fund. So that we've been very fortunate in having some funding to actually create these resources. So we're very happy. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. And, uh, and so we're going to have um, physical copies of the map to give out um, at our launch event. And we're hoping that local businesses will take some copies uh, to give to anybody who's interested. And um, we're also putting together a resource pack for schools. So if you're... Um, teaching at a tour based school and you want to know a bit more about Charleston and the Heritage Trail, uh, give us a shout and as soon as our pack is finished that will be available for you to take and use in lessons, which would be great. Indeed, and we're no by no means done with this, are we? We're, there are a few things that we want to follow up. There are a few things, extra things that we want to um, talk to. In in particular, we're looking to, to get those personal stories from people who lived in the area during turbulent and interesting times is that correct uh, yes that is actually correct so we have more discovered the hidden history and the fact of like places and spaces around Chester but now we also want to focus on the people we want to know the story of people and uh, we think that there's some interesting stories out there that hasn't been captured before so it will be great to hear what the people of Chelston actually have what they lived through how was it to live here in certain areas in certain times? So we are very keen for that. And we want to include more the local community. So we hope to uh, find these stories, research them, and sharing them as part of the local heritage and the history of Chelston as well. So that's going to be a phase two, I think, to this one. That could be either in written format or maybe even via audio or video as well. Yeah, I think well, we, we, we really quickly realised that actually... The amount of space that you've got on the map on the back of a map doesn't really do the subject justice. You know, um, like just the story of the big fountain and the people who donated that to the people of Chelston. 
you know, you could you could write uh, the whole of the back of the map just on that one subject. So we'd like yeah, to have an could... opportunity to kind of tell these stories in a bit more detail um, and give a bit more, put a bit more flesh onto the bones of it. It's all right to go and take a look at these things, but we want to kind of give people the chance to learn the whole story behind them. Mm, excellent. The the big family, of course, being the uh, anti-vivisectionists. The anti-vivisectionists, uh... that's right. Yeah, they, they were um, <laughs> really, really interesting, really interesting couple. Um, Francis Big spent a lot of time in Australia. He was like a pioneer and he was involved in the local government out in Australia. And um, and him and his wife, they retired to Chelston. Um, they became uh, very involved in the animal rights movement. Um, and back in the days when, you know, that part of Chelston was kind of the edge of the edge of Chelston. And it was, you know, not as built up as it is now. Um, that fountain would have been kind of right on the edge of right on the edge of the, the village. Um, yeah. And it's it's a it's a lo lovely little fountain as well, and the the, the main thing is the, the little areas underneath that allow dogs to drink from it, which is uh, something I think all fountains should have. It's, it's a really it's a nice great idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely, really nice. So so there we are. With there, there's a lot more to come on this, but what we've done already is absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, and uh, and we'll be collecting those stories. So yeah, um, if you if you're interested in it, please um, make sure that you like us on Facebook or social media, whichever one you use. Keep an eye on our website because we will be having a launch event quite soon. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, um, we'll be doing guided walks. So we'll actually be, you know, physically taking people around and explaining to people what the different landmarks are. Um, so there's quite a lot going to be happening on this over the next couple of months. So um, stay posted, and we'll we'll let you know what's happening. And if you do have any stories that you want to share with us or, or maybe from your family, etc., then please get in touch with us, either through our website or on social media. We would love to hear them. Fantastic. Well, there we go. Let's leave that there for today, guys. And, uh, and um, yeah, remember that everything's got a story in it. Change the story. Change the world. Bye. Bye. Tailblazers is a community interest company set up to celebrate the folk tales of South Devon and Dartmoor. For more information about us, please visit our website at www.tailblazers.org.uk. See you next time!